Art is the lie that enables us to realize the truth. Pablo Picasso. Bending, not breaking. A segue episode. To bending, not breaking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. This is Ben Pruitt, and we are here together, doing shows together again. Stuck in the middle with you. It's only two of us. Who's stuck in the middle? No, we're stuck in the middle of finishing up the Dragon Prince season three. All those, yep. And then jumping into jumping into Korra season three. That's right. But we're not doing it just yet. But soon, we've been working on it. Guests are lined up. We've got plans. Recording has is starting. Yep. We're making moves. Yep, yep, yep. It's coming soon. All the things. All the things. But we wanted to do a little something. <laughs> you said but. Yes. Sorry. But. <laughs> you said it again. We are going to talk a little bit something different today. Just not that, nothing big, but one, first off, uh, thank you to all of our listeners. That's probably the oh, biggest thing. Absolutely. Uh, Pat- Patreon subscribers, the listeners, to those that have reviewed or liked or subscribed on anywhere you listen. That's right. Uh, we just we can't thank you enough because this is stuff that we enjoy doing, and we get to do it because of you. We and do. so we do. That's super. Uh, we're super gracious for that, and wanted to lift that up before we get started with yeah, anything else because yeah. y'all are the best. And we're also really grateful for all the people that join us as guests and take the time out of their days to 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 be a part of this project and that's always really cool when we get to talk to uh like really spicy people right we get to talk to voice actors we get to talk to authors we get to talk to doctors there's a a lot of really cool stuff going on so much we're loving it yeah we're absolutely loving it but today we're doing something a little bit different so yes we are recording yes we are getting ready for bending up breaking season six which is season three of cora um and so we are working on that but right now uh we really just wanted to kind of dive into like what has been filling our cup as we haven't been watching Avatar and Korra? What are the, the things, the mediums, the arts that have been filling us that maybe we can recommend to others or maybe just talk about in general and say, hey, this, this is what we've been enjoying lately. Yeah. And so just one of those little episodes. I like enjoying things. A little segue episode. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few different genres. Uh, we're going to dive into some visual media, some some written media, some some other things. Some what, game played. Games. I guess that's still a visual. Games. That's like interactive Interactive media. media. Yeah. But... Uh, I guess it's all interactive. Anyway, moral of the story is we're gonna kind of spread the spread the bandwidth, go a little bit of here, a little bit of there, and uh, any of the things we talk about, you are welcome to sponsor us. Uh, we accept. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right. Where do you want to start? Oh, I don't know. Let's uh, pick a genre first. Let's go shows. Great. What's a show you've been enjoying aside from the Dragon Prince? Uh, yes. Which is an obvious thing, but I am getting hyped for all the uh, the news new content that is getting like uh, very much hinted. Towards. Season four is yeah. almost here. Lots of cool. I mean, I saw a hint for one of the showrunners was looking at like content for season or season six of the show, and they were like, "Man, I'm looking at some of the stuff," and I'm like, "Man, I'm ready for season four here." We, we're about to get shows are 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 just ramping back ramping up, ramping back up, but not even yeah. just that, but like. The quality of television over the last few years has, has certainly just increased, and mm-hmm. the amount of content has certainly increased, which is um, a problem, and arguably beating out like <laughs> movies in quality. But like we're about to get Umbrella Academy season three, really Arcane excited for that. Season two is really coming. excited for that. We're getting uh, Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. We've already yeah. gotten a bunch of MCU projects that have come mm-hmm. out this past year. Um, she Hulk's been announced and a trailer's been put out for and Thor: um, Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder for the movies. Yep, that's right. So like we are just the content is coming, more yeah. and more of it is happening. Mm-hmm. They've you know they've signed on uh, some shows that we're about to talk to today for second and third seasons. Uh, we're getting a new Lord of the Rings show. We're getting a new lots of stuff uh, happening. 
We're getting a new Game of Thrones show, so a lot's happening. A lot of content. Shadow and Bone has a new season coming out, I think, too. For those of you who watch that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what is something that you've been enjoying? Yeah, I, I want to. We're, we're gonna go straight to the to the WinCon here and go straight to Heartstopper on Netflix. I'm only three episodes in, and oh my, I love it. It it's is so. It's so nice, and I wish we had the show. 15 years ago. Oh, we, yeah. Right. I wish we had it like many years before that. How many people would have benefited from this show 15 years ago? 30 years ago. Like I saw a tweet about it that was like, uh, (laughs) essentially was, am I in therapy because I wish I had Heartstopper sooner or because I went to see it because I watched Heartstopper. Right. Right. (laughs) And, and it's, I, I, I think, that requires a little bit of nuance to explain because this is a show about queer joy. Yes. And most of the time when you see minorities, uh, minority identities, period, in media, it often surrounds the trauma of those identities. Yes. And it focuses on uh, really not great content. Uh, and by that, I mean, like, it focuses on abuse, it focuses on uh, exclusion, it focuses on all these things. And Heartstoppers, like, pauses that narrative. And there are still things that are not great. There's in still this conflict show. in the There's show. There's still conflict. But the conflict is, it doesn't feel traumatizing. It right. feel, and it's not to say that it isn't or couldn't be to those who experience it, but it's not nearly as focused on the trauma as it is focused on the joy which is really nice and it's just so beautiful and it's like you know i used to think can we like are there shows nowadays that can exist and like they they are positive and good after game of thrones because game of thrones like guts you for how how bad and negative it happens and what the all the death and all the things that occur it's like it's the shock value of killing everyone the red wedding still gives me right like like in in after that i have felt like there's been this content surge of like just more and more destruction and death and like let me just rip everything out from under the viewer and heartstopper just flips the narrative and says i'm gonna give you exactly what you want and i want you to see queer joy and it's just beautiful like you laugh you cry (laughs) it is full of incredible Everything you ever wanted from. So uh, I should finish it. You, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. Must watch. Yeah. And Alice Oseman uh, writes a comic uh, that it is based off of, and you can buy those comics as well. And after it released, it came, became a number one bestseller within a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Once people caught on, it's positive um, material, joyful material. Yeah, is needed. Yeah, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Kind of in a similar vein, I've watched a lot of Abbott Elementary leading into this year. Abbott Elementary. Yep, similar to like an Office or Parks and Rec. It is a mockumentary that takes place in a lowly funded school in Philly. Okay. Um, and it is uh, filled with similar joy, and it's about. A low-funded school and underpaid teachers who really care about what they do and the chaos that ensues when you're working with children and the social commentary around what it means to be an underfunded school mm. uh, in in underfunded teachers and all that comes with that. And it is very uh, – it is really nice. Um, it is really funny. It is just – it is very much an enjoyable watch from start to finish. And the cast is great. Um it is very much around uh, race relations as well, and I just think it overall it is a really solid show that everyone should be watching, especially if you work or have kids. I think that it is a very mm-hmm. genuine work, look work at that. With. Yes. So, so Abbott Elementary is totally worth watching. So, uh, Quinta so, Bronson is the creator and showrunner of that, and she's she's just been phenomenal. If I were to ask, like, what's one thing that you feel like you are walking away with from watching that show? What what would that thing that you what's what are you walking away with? Yeah, I think it's um, I think right now we get a lot of like teachers don't want to do their jobs or yeah. um, 
they're making my kids wear masks. Well, not so much anymore, but there was a lot of like anger, yeah, yeah. like geared towards teachers and um, especially in a time where it has been incredibly tough on everyone, <laughs> everyone, uh, but students and teachers, particularly over the last two years. And, um, and so I think it just is, it is a, an eye opening for maybe others to say like, Oh, maybe people are out there doing their best and like mm. making things happen. And, um, but it also shows a spectrum of teachers who like teachers have been around for 30 years. and might be a little bit jaded and mm. teachers who are brand new and like bright and bubbly and ready to take on the challenge. Um, and you know, so there's a, a lot that goes on with it, but I think for me, it's, um, it's, it, it feels one working with kids personally, like it feels relevant. Um, but overall, I think it just kind of speaks to, um, just kind of really like a time capsule maybe of like where we're at. Mm, interesting. But also, okay. I think that is, it's really enjoyable. That's worth compelling. Watching. Yeah, yeah. That's compelling. Yeah, I you know I and this is one thing where I don't necessarily feel like it fits in this vein of uh, you should watch it for the, um, the good that you're pulling out of it. But I've been binging Ozark recently, and I would say you should not watch that. It's more on the R-rated side of things. Yeah, that's super R-rated. Um, but I find it very compelling. It's more compelling for the Game of Thrones reasons where it's like throwing everything on its head and it's like this is twist and turns and and high high suspense and the, the whole time who's like, gonna die I feel my blood pressure very high while watching it but I'm also very compelled to keep watching so that's that's just I, I will lift that up just because I have been entertained by it um, but other than that like it's very good it's yeah. just also I've never watched terrifying <laughs> People love it. Yeah, People... drug cartel, scary. That's what I've I've learned. Scary, yeah. bad. Don't don't say yes. <laughs> uh, that is a, a lot a lot to unpack when you talk about like yep all of that in life and the way yep yeah. what a time yeah what a time uh, I'm midway through our flag means death as well and if you don't know our flag means. Um, that is about the gentleman pirate. I've never heard about this. It's an HBO show. Okay. Um, very dry British humor, uh, but it is about the gentleman okay. pirate who, um, left his life of luxury to like go be a pirate. Okay. And his band of misfit crew, um, but like Edward Teach shows up at some point, and okay. um, it's very funny. It's got Taika Waititi in it. There's a, a very large cast. Hodor from Game of Thrones is in it. Uh -huh. Um. Very funny, very clever. Um, has a lot of heart, though, which I, is really nice as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for those who like the dry humor of, of life, that's been an enjoyable watch for me as well. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am also a big anime fan, so I'm diving into several of those at a time. And the, the three that I'm going to lift up are uh, interesting and they're interesting for various reasons and they all have their complications, but, uh, especially cause often anime is created with a male lens in mind, which definitely makes it, uh, problematic at times can be pr pretty problematic. But if you can like put that aside, the, it's really or like recognize really, it. Or, or, yeah. Like, 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 not like, not like ignore it, but like exactly recognize um, that that's happening as it's happening. Yeah. Be aware. Yeah. Notice. And, um, I continue watching. Uh, it's I, I feel that is like a guilty pleasure in a way. Um, not the male lens, but the, the show in general. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, My Dress Up Darling is what it's called in English. And I watched the first episode, and I was instantly hooked. Like, it's just a really compelling couple of characters where this is a really um, introverted, very focused on his art young man who is really cares about... Um, making dolls and it's super cool like like you can see how passionate he is about art and painting and creating and um he ends up like sewing and really caring about it and he finds someone that really likes to cosplay and she kind of stumbles upon him making something and she's like you have to make this dress for me and it's just this really extroverted really energetic uh high school girl with this really introverted passionate about art boy that's just like oh that's a really cool dynamic mm -hmm. and i just yeah. i it's i was instantly hooked and i watched i binged season one it was really good 
Nice. Yeah. What else? What are your other two that you said you're about to lift? Yeah, up? there's one that's uh, currently running. It's uh, Spy X Family. It's lots of uh, really interesting characters. The main character is a spy, ha! And then he has to adopt a daughter, oh. and the daughter ends up being a telepath. And he has to feign being in a family, so he also has to find a wife, and she ends up being an assassin, and nobody knows except the daughter's a telepath and knows both. You just gave a lot of information away. That's within, like, the first two episodes. Oh, so. great. Like that's, <laughs> um, you learn that very quickly. So it's super cool. Um, I'm, I don't know where it's going to go because it's still coming out, and I've only seen the first couple episodes. Nice. But uh, really neat. And then lastly, Ranking of Kings. Okay. Ranking of Kings is about a deaf young boy mm -hmm. who is uh, heir to the throne and is uh, his older brother, uh, actually his younger brother that is ends up growing bigger than he is, um, ends up uh, usurping that. And he gets, it's the, the story of his journey to become king. Um, and I'm through with about a season of that and that's super neat also and watching a mute character in an anime is always kind of a uh, neat deaf character so i offer that as something that's a kind of heartwarming uh, or heartwarming rather yeah. um if you don't tear up every now and then watching him deal with his hurdles then it's like oh anyway those are my three so we got we've got shows that are heartwarming we've got Shows that are less heartwarming. Yep. You can watch Heartstopper and Ozark on Netflix. You can watch Abbott Elementary on Hulu. And um, I watched the other three on Crunchyroll. There you go, Crunchyroll. And then Our Flag Means Death is on HBO Max. So that's where you can watch those shows if you're interested. Um, but yeah. we've been enjoying them. Yeah, and we accept sponsorship from all of them. Yeah. But seriously, I, sponsor us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Any streaming service that wants to pay us. Yeah. Would love it. Absolutely. Um, All right. Games. Those are my shows. Yeah. Let's go games. Games. Yeah. So I've been having the nostalgia kick recently with okay. games. So I've been playing Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Yeah. And I, you know, I started out with a randomizer where it randomizes all the items. And that makes it more difficult. It makes I would it assume, much because more Because you're getting difficult. items. Sometimes it makes it easy, right? Like you get the well, yes, and right. Sometimes you get the the most you know, powerful, most powerful light arrow that helps you defeat everything in one hit. But if you don't have some way to have fire, you can't complete half the dungeons. Right. And so it's one of those things where I really love the puzzle of it. But having done it multiple times and not being able to finish because there's so it's so random that you can't finish it. Uh, I started replaying it for real without any sort of um, randomizer. randomizer and just going through and this is a game where it's a three day period and if you let the three days end without beating the game then the moon falls and destroys everything <laughs> and so oh fun you have a chance to control time go back in time and fix things over the course of three days again and again and again and it's just really a fascinating look at this microcosm of Link's world where you get to see time happen again and again and again and redo things and have a chance to do it again and practice and um, it can be really frustrating because you get to day three and you've been working on this really long complicated thing and you mess up on day three but you have a chance to fail and and restart and it's it's just a really interesting um, look back at that game it is way ahead of its time because mm -hmm. that was a 90s game that just turned out to be super incredible and it's really probably one of the better zelda games that has ever come out nice it's really cool i'm playing mlb the show because i like baseball yeah that's it that's it that's it baseball. it's fun it's a baseball game yeah so i'm curious just for funsies mm -hmm. um you have a relationship with the the television and your game makes it sound weird uh well it, <laughs> i'm not done yet um in which you often uh yell or get uh, high energy uh <laughs> in your game like tell me about your response to uh like you you like will fight I'll the television animated, sometimes yeah. yeah so tell me about that i try i've gotten better uh as i've gotten older but yeah you'll still hear me mumble things under my breath like uh, I just sometimes I Lots say of based off of <laughs> based off of 
X and Y, Z should happen. Yeah, So sure. why didn't Z happen? And that's when I get frustrated. Like, I did X, I did Y. Why no Z? Right? Yeah, and so, why no Z? Like, <laughs> um, and so I think that's where my frustration typically lies, where I'm like, I know what should... Ha- like, I did this thing. You did everything right. Yes. Why, why didn't this then happen? And that's where typically my frustration happens. And typically, maybe I didn't do... Uh, X and Y the way that it was supposed uh-huh. to, but in my head at the time, or the way I'm you like, thought you were supposed exactly. to, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's where it's frustrating, where it's just like, or or like, well, you know, with an example of MLB the show, you don't really have a choice of like what team you're put on as a player. Mm, um, so you just get drafted. So you just get drafted, and so like right now, I'm on a a very bad baseball team. Mm, why'd you um, let that happen? I didn't have a choice, and so like. <laughs> I am the best hitter in the American League on my baseball game because of course you are. it's a video game. Um, but my team is consistently in last, and so, like, I lose yeah. all the time. And so that's where you're like, but I can't get traded off of a team because there's, like, a six-year contract and all this fun stuff. Why'd you sign a six-year contract? I didn't. That is literally how the league works. Like, you have to stay with the team that drafts you for wow. X amount of years unless they trade you or other things take place. It's like magic. It's like this is the rule unless a card says otherwise. Mm. Um, but magic typically, the gathering, but typically you have to do that. So like those are the little things where you're just like, ah, if things are out of my control that like make me lose, I mm-hmm. dislike that. It's like getting yeah. hit with like three blue shells, right? Like, yeah, Mario Kart, man, yeah. that's the worst. So the I, I'm, but that's that's typically where I land. It's interesting because I. I I often question, like, he gets mad every time. Why? What does he enjoy about that game? <laughs> like, because what you know? Because it it sounds like you're angry at it most of the time, um, but something about it's compelling. Yeah, I've gotten better about if I get angry, uh, but I, I've, I'm typically pretty good. Yes, twenty year old me, much much worse. Um, and I don't play that many games to in general, so I pretty much only do things but like i I like baseball and i like playing i like hockey and i like sports games those are typically my go-tos and so i enjoy playing those uh in the achievement but i also don't like not achieving and so when i think in those moments it's you just get frustrated and it's easy to be frustrated in an inanimate object like of course like that's an easier way to like i don't actually like if i lose a baseball game in real life, right? Like that's typically not my response. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, of course. Oh, expletive. But yeah, so that's why. Yeah, I mean, and then I guess I've also been playing old Pokemon games mm-hmm. and thinking about like, I, why do I keep returning to these games? And I don't think it's because like they're incredible games. Sometimes they're mindless. So sometimes it's just easy to like well, turn off. I, I also think it's the comfort of returning to what something I know really like I have the dungeons memorized from when I was 10 years old and yeah. did them again and again and again and it's just being able to it's not it's not just the mindless part of it it's the I'm, I've been reading about um I might go into books after this yeah I've been reading about a lot of trauma recently and reading about memory and reading about how the body remembers things yeah and that's a lot of the reason the body keeps the score right yes. and um thinking about how when we played these things originally, mm-hmm. uh, for me at least, these are both games that I played when I was younger, they were the memory package that these games are contained in are very positive mm-hmm. and very like this is a really good memory. And so part of my, I think my body craves playing them again because I want that memory package to be remembered. Because when I do play them again, it makes my body think that I'm there again. And it kind of tricks my body into thinking that this is a a really good time and a positive thing. And I'm having a good time. And I, I think that that's, the more I become aware of that, the more I'm like, oh, my body is craving this. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting for me to kind of put into conversation with the games that I'm playing. And um, so I just, I I note that. Yeah. I think uh, for me, I've always found myself attracted to games where there's progression or like improvement over time. Right. So like whether it's sports games and you control a player who's like, 
you slowly develop skills over time or yep. if it's a game like Final Fantasy where it's you're slowly you're Final slowly Fantasy like games. develop you're giving yourself gems and you're growing and your skills are getting better and you want to complete the entire thing like those things are always kind yeah. of speak to me but a lot of those have repetitive natures to them right yep. and so uh, there is a little bit of like yep my, this is what I'm doing right now alright dad but then in that still there are times where like I didn't achieve the thing Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's dumb yeah my go-to line is always like what why would it... it's not even fun to play if you make it that hard. like why Why make it that hard right like yeah that's always like the... and here we are playing oh, it again yeah, yeah. i'm gonna keep playing it anyways yeah so all right yeah well not everybody plays games but uh we thought we'd invite people into that conversation too um what's next yeah. i guess books we've we talked a little books, bit books, of books. Books, books yeah books. we read I we I listen love we listen to audiobooks and we read. All right. I'm I'm going to start with the less fun uh, read. No, I was going to start with the less like uh intense one. <laughs> start with um, intense and then let's get okay. lighthearted afterwards. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Instead, I will start with uh Pedagogy of the Oppressed is what I have been in mm-hmm. uh currently. Well, actually I'm reading I'm reading two books concurrently, but I'll talk about Pedagogy of the Oppressed first. Um it's really this one's hard to read for me um not because it's like literally hard to read but because i'm reading it and i'm realizing that i am participating still in so many of the things that make me an oppressor Mm -hmm. and it's really kind of heartbreaking yeah it's it's happening right and it's happening with without my knowledge even uh so subconsciously that i'm it's just happening throughout my daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a quote in it that talks about education that I thought was really compelling. So it kind of breaks down what education is. So it's either a function um, to facilitate the integration of a younger generation into the logic of the present system um, and bring about conformity, mm-hmm. or it is the means by which people deal critically and creatively with reality and discover how to participate in the transformation of the world. And I'm sitting here thinking about the education system and all the people that are in school. And I am sitting here thinking about K through 12 and I am sitting like that. It's a, it's a conformity system Mm -hmm. and it just makes me furious because there's nothing I can do right now about that right Right. there it's it feels like it's so out of my hands that i'm left feeling helpless Mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm kind of grappling with my feelings of helplessness reading this book and knowing that there are things i can literally do and make sure that i'm voting and making sure that i'm participating in the things that i can do but as i read it it is making me feel helpless in a way which is hard yeah that is tough. And always good to learn and Oh, necessary. Yeah. Necessary <laughs> reading. Yeah. Um one of the books that I just finished is one by a friend of the podcast, Andre Henry. All yes. uh, name of his new books. He was on season three ep- the, the final episode. The final yeah. Yep. So um Nonviolent Struggle was his lens. Sozin's comment we, part we, four. We talked about. Um and he wrote a book, All the White Friends I Couldn't Keep, and it's a lot of verbatim conversations about him and friends growing up and the conversations they would have and the experiences that they would share together that inevitably led his, his white friends to, to no longer speak with him or a boundaries that he set. And so it's a lot of storytelling from, from Andre. He's a great storyteller. Um, I think it speaks to a lot of language that we see commonly get used or that I've used or um, where I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize the harm that that statement holds behind it. And so it's, um, there's a lot of knowledge that comes with him sharing his personal experiences. So it's less academic in a sense, but it is very much just kind of like, here are the stories of my past and what I've pulled from them from Andre's perspective. And they're fantastic. Um, and so I highly recommend, uh, picking up all the white friends I couldn't keep. Yeah. I actually have two copies. Uh, I bought one and then I won a raffle, with Andre's Instagram, where I got a signed copy, so you're gonna keep... and he wrote Flamio 
in the inscription. So no big deal or anything, but uh, thanks, Andre. You're a big fan. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're uh, currently um, trying to get Andre back to talk about his book. So hopefully he'll be able to join us. At some um, point, yeah. At some point, yeah. But totally worth the read. But yeah. So highly recommend that. I have not had a chance to read it yet, but it is next on my You've list, actually. have had a actually. lot of school readings. I have. A lot of... I have. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the next other book that's a little on the heavier side for me is The Wisdom of Your Body by Hilary McBride. Um, it's about trauma and it's about how trauma lives in the body, Mm. but it's not just about trauma. It's also just about, uh, getting to know our bodies and befriending our bodies and not just because of trauma, but also because of how our culture separates mind and body and likes to say that we are a a mind and soul and our body is an other Mm -hmm. something that we can control and it it, rather than thinking that it is us right our body is us right right and our mind is a part of our body Mm -hmm. right and so who we are necessarily is affected by our bodies and our emotions are a are a factor of our body and it's just really really informative and really beautifully written and and just i can't recommend it enough for anyone who's interested in getting in touch more with themselves highly highly recommend and she's a great speaker and so dynamic uh, yeah she's great and she's she's done several podcasts you can find yep other people's problems google her name fabulous Yeah. yeah Um, the next one I read is a horror book. Ooh, I'm out. Scary book. No, thank you. It's less scary as like, boo, ah, scary, but more like, oh, creepy, uh, body stuff. So it's a book called Tender is the Flesh, uh, Mm. and it is about a dystopian universe, maybe. What is this about the word flesh? That like makes (laughs) makes your own flesh kind of like tingle. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh. Uh, this is uh, by the author Augustina Vastarica, is I believe how you pronounce that name. Sorry if I botched it. Um, and Tender as Flesh takes place in a dystopian universe where um, meat consumption has become impossible. Whether it has been to, and I think specifically in the story, it is due to like bacteria that has found its way into like red meat, pork, things like that. Got it. Okay. Um, and so we see the ca- we see. A hierarchy of them starting to eat people. Oh, and so it is very much about <laughs> okay uh, consumption and about classism and about um, capitalism in general. And so it is uh, very uh, graphic and grotesque at parts. Um, and so you. some might look at it as very like this is uh, about meat specifically yeah i think it is way more layered than that i think it tackles a lot more content than that um it has a very interesting kind of like ending moment that is very eye-opening um but it is very intriguing about how this book navigates it specifically follows one man who owns a packaging plant uh for this stuff and he inherited it from his father um and so it takes place from there so um very, very R-rated, uh, very uh, gory, uh, and very good. Sounds like something I will never Never read. touch with yeah. it. Then we'll never <laughs> touch it with a 10-foot pole. No. But again, that's called Tender is the Flesh. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go towards not horror, if that's okay. Yeah, my, yeah. my next book is, is way more uplifting. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine too. Um, okay, so I'm going to go into the romance realm. Uh, I have read a little romance. Uh, I have read this book several times now, but I am rereading it again. Uh, red, white, and Royal blue by Casey McQuiston. Okay. It is phenomenal. Uh, like not like in a sense of like guilty pleasure phenomenal. It is good. Like, um, romance novel phenomenal. Is that like a different layer of like. Trashy romance novel, like this is good not a or trashy this is, romance this is just novel. Like, this is just this good. is a romance. This is a queer uh, love romance novel that imagines a different future uh, post Obama. All right. And so uh, the main character is uh, F. Sotis, so first son of the United States, um, and he is a 
mixed Mexican-American whose mother is the president. And super cool. And he, uh, it is an enemies to lovers romance in which he is enemies with the Prince of England. And so it is a really beautiful uh, enemies to lovers romance. Um, There's a lot of incredible commentary uh, on politics. There's a lot of really cool commentary on what it means to be queer in the United States Mm -hmm. and queer in England and queer in positions of privilege. Um, there's a lot of commentary that is worth grappling with. So, uh, one, it's very, really cool, but also it's really cool. So you should, you should read it if you are into romance novels. Aww. I, I, I recommend it. Nice. And it has a little bit of spice to it. A little bit. Um, my final book is, uh, I've been, I prepped for Miss Marvel coming out on Disney plus mm. here in the next two weeks. Um, and I read, uh, the Miss Marvel opening run from 2014 uh, by is this... G. Willow Wilson. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Comics. I guess you could say graphic novel, but yes. Got Individual it. comics that have been placed in very large and longer, you know, yeah. volumes. So Miss um, Marvel is it's really, it's really good. Um, oh, good. I'm excited. Like, uh, so it makes me more excited for the show. Um, not that I wasn't already. I, I was pretty jazzed for it to begin with. But reading the books, very clever, very witty. Um, but it's about a girl wanting to be a superhero and thinking that she needs to be, you know, the strong, blonde, white superhero and realizing that that's not necessarily the case. And so there's a lot of learning that happens and a lot of nice. just being a teenager in high school and um, dealing with parents who care about you, but also being a... Um, a kid who thinks that they need to save the world. And, um, and so there's a lot that comes with that and it's super sweet and totally worth reading. So that's the 2014 run of Miss Marvel. I highly recommend it. I'm currently reading on Marvel unlimited. That is the online kind of subscription that you can use to get a hold of that comic. If you'd like it, I'm super interested in watching the show. Yeah, I think I, (laughs) I did. So in full transparency, I didn't love moon Knight. I thought it was fine. There, yeah, there, are I agree. As, there are aspects of it that it's I really fine. liked, and there are aspects of it I thought were, were fine. Um, I felt the same way about like Hawkeye. Um, I liked Multiverse of Madness, but I'm I am really excited uh, for Miss Marvel. I think it is. It's going to be a little bit more children's playful. I expect it to be a little bit more like Friday night sitcom, yeah, like teen oriented, teen oriented. And I think it, it has the capacity to be a lot of fun and also have a lot of heart. And I love things with heart. Oh. I love things that fill my heart with joy and the comics certainly did. So I hope that the show is able to do the same thing. Yeah. Me so, too. That was my last book. Cool. Mine is Seatmate, which is an audible only. Um, well, is it so is it's a, uh, like a it audio is, production. It is. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Seatmate by Kara Bastone. It's actually the third book. Um, but the stories aren't connected. Uh, all three of them are like, really lovely six hour stories like fully immersed the whole time i love the characters they're super um there's not very like the the problems aren't problems with the people it's problems with the situations that they're in and so it's just really heartwarming and full of full of joy and full of uh like the tension is like the romantic tension versus like un comfortable tension Mm -hmm. and so i just i really appreciate a book that can do that and i think this one does it really well um i guess a production that does it really well and the actors are done they sound it's just really good i've done a couple like uh, star wars does a couple of like audiobooks that are similar storytelling to that and when you know the production on some of those is is just absolutely through the roof and really allows you to, to sink into the story. And so they sometimes when they do this, like, audio productions, they can be really yeah, spot on. I think I've decided that I really like that as a format. Yeah. Like... Well, like, fictional podcasts have been a thing. Well, not and just... And that, that, those have... There have been some of those that have been very good. Well, 36 Questions. Yeah. Right? That's an was example one. probably one of my favorite musicals. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And it's just a, a two-person audio musical well sometimes it works out i don't know if it's just like the fact there's not necessarily a narrator a lot of times with that but it's just like sometimes it's just and sometimes it is right like you have a narrator who's going through and being like 
yeah, this is happening yeah. and you have the characters coming in and doing things. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's a fun way to, to experience. Cool. It's just another variation of podcast and or audiobooks that I think yeah. people are starting to get a hold of. And it really like harks back to like old storytelling, storytelling, radio stories, right? The ones yeah. where it was, yeah, yeah, like, you know, when they the were the worlds, hopefully no one's. <laughs> believing that it's real but yes yeah. those types of storytellings where it's it kind of harks back to those so it's it's kind of yeah. cyclical in that way but it works and people enjoy them so yeah i certainly do all right that's my last book yeah movies movies what you, you should watched? go first have you watched anything? i only have one <laughs> okay good. i'll go first um one of the first ones i watched that i've really enjoyed this year is uh the northman from robert eggers i have so, heard of this movie it is the vikings right it, Yes, yes. Um, it is a folk tale that is said to inspire Hamlet. Okay. It is the folk tale that is said to inspire William Shakespeare in writing Hamlet. So somebody's killing somebody. Uh, it's very. It's, it's Hamlet. It's Lion King. The story is there. You know what the story is going to be. Uh, it is gorgeous to look at. It is gorgeous to watch. Um, it is very. Uh, it also is graphic. Like be prepared. Um, but I think it there's a lot in it. Um, I think there are better movies out there. Uh, you probably like the. I would give the Lion King probably a higher rating because it's the Lion King. Because it's incredible. It's got the songs, man. There's like no singing of, in this is movie. It, is it a ten out of ten movie? Zero singing. The Lion King? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah. 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 It is right. Yeah. It's it's for sure up there. Uh, the live action. No. <laughs> I like Seth Rogen. No. And Billy Eichner oh, as Timon and Pumbaa. Not. I thought they were great. I um, don't think they deserve a 10. <laughs> no, but I enjoyed that version of it. I didn't dislike it. Um, yeah, so, uh, but it, I think it's one of those movies where I wouldn't be surprised if, like, some people walk out of it and are like, yeah, masculinity, yeah. Uh, but I had a very opposite reaction. It feels like it has. it's a very kind of, like, warning. Commentary Like, on. to that. Like, it is very much, uh, it very much hints that, like, maybe that's not the way. Um, I would say Robert Eggers typically writes movies and, and shows them in a way that's like, this just is, you you decide how, like, it, yeah. this is it. This it's not is, making a judgment. It, it isn't making a judgment, but I think, you like, walking out of it, I'm sitting there going, like, Ooh. that was a cautionary tale. Right? Well, Hamlet is, right? Like, Hamlet yeah. is a tragic story, and so that's all yeah. right there. And so I think, um, but I really enjoyed watching it, and I thought it was pretty solid. So that was that was one that I enjoyed Yikes. looking at. Probably one to see in screen. It's still in theaters in some places, but it's probably on its way out soon. But if you can watch it in theaters, it's probably the way to experience it. Nice. It is certainly, so this is the same director who made the witch and the lighthouse. Um, you're naming movies that I haven't great. seen. Great. Those are very <laughs> strange and like cerebral, mm. like surreal storytelling methods. This is probably the most approachable one and straightforward. And it has a little bit of that in it, but it's pretty tame comparatively. Um, so I think that's why it had a bigger showing of people seeing it, but yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. The Northman. Yeah. What you got? I watched Sneakerella on Disney plus. What'd you think? It was super fine. <laughs> uh, I, you know, there were moments that I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then there were moments where I was like, I don't like this at all. I was not a fan of the music. That might just be my personal preference, but I found it to be somewhat uh, lackluster for me. Um, I just found it like it was, I don't love uh, a lots and lots of auto tune. And it felt like it was that I didn't, um, I thought the two like stepbrothers were, they were mean, yes. which they're meant to be, but it, it was like, a stretch for them to be that mean and okay. so it felt a little like, like incredibly not a little Exist a lot so it's a it very felt, exaggerated storytelling it's very exaggerating hyperbolic, hyperbolic way, storytelling yeah. like the it felt like a stretch the way that the dad uh like was bossing the main character around it really felt like a stretch for the apology to go through at the end uh spoiler alert um but uh, moral of the story is I, I liked the concept. I enjoyed watching it. I, if you don't really see yourself watching it, I don't think you're going to miss much. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not um, saying put it on the list. No. Yeah. No. All right. 
That's but that was my experience. That was the movie. Yep. That's the only movie you've watched in 2022. Maybe, <laughs> like I, I don't watch a lot of movies. Yeah, I probably watched another movie at some point, but I've forgotten it. So, so when did you watch Spider Man No Way Home after the New Year, right? Uh, I really liked that movie. That yeah. was great. Yeah, highly recommend. Very nostalgic. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of I, pull I in. enjoyed that. Yeah, I assume I watched that after the New Year. I think you did. Yeah, fun. Yep. What a time. What a time. Uh, my only other big watch that I would highly recommend that I think is if. If you're in the movie lanes of Twitter or anything else you've probably heard of, and it's uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once by the Daniels. Where can I watch that? Theaters. Ugh. Yep, gotta go. I've it's I really I've seen too many people say that it was too good for me not yeah. to see it. Ten out of ten for me. Uh, not to overhype it, but I, you know it's uh when we talk about a movie that has heart and soul, but it is dumb and fun and exciting and well choreographed and looks amazing but also speaks a lot to parent relationships with their children and Mm. feeling like you're losing your children and at the same time children who want to be authentically seen as themselves in the eyes of their parents and others around the world like it just so much heart so much relatability it is also just like there's there are fight scenes in it that are just beautifully choreographed Mm. Uh, this is filmed by the Daniels who did Swiss Army Man if you remember that movie sure don't that was Daniel Radcliffe is a dead body that gets used as a Swiss Army knife essentially at one point it's a jet ski and at one point he helps them it's like this guy in the wood find finds Daniel Radcliffe's body and uses it to like survive in the woods um, that sounds morbid. It's very weird. <laughs> it is very charming. It is very funny. It's a lot of fart jokes. And this movie is that times 10, like very out there, very funny, but a lot of heart. Um, and, you know, is absolutely stunning. And the best multiversal movie that we've seen this year. That's period. a statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's mm. real good. Yeah. So you also saw Multiverse of Madness. I did. And you're saying that this one was like... Yeah, I also watched No Way Home. And this is better than Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow. Yeah, very I, good. I enjoyed that. That was yeah. great. No, this... Yeah. I, well, now I have to see it even more. This was a movie where a, 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 a rock made me cry. <laughs> like, I, I'm not kidding. Like a rock that yeah. is, does, doesn't speak. Just... Yeah. It was beautiful. Wow. That's on my list. Yep. Put it put it on the list. Very exciting. Everything everywhere all at once. It is also A24's highest domestic earning movie ever now at this point. Look at that. So a lot of people have seen it. Yeah. So yeah. Well, great. I uh that's that's my list. It's a lot of content. Yeah. A lot, so if you're just if you're looking to something to do between now and the next week or two when we finally put out more avatar and core content, like do all of those. Yeah. Or not. Yeah, no, all of them. I, Everything. I didn't recommend Everywhere. all of it. All at once. Ooh, bold. <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. Yep. Okay. But yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Well, that's that's the main chunk of our episode. Yeah. We, you know, we typically do a devotion. We do. And gratitude and things like that at the end of the episode. And so I think what is, you know, what are you called to do in terms of, we just talked about all this media content. Yeah. What are you called to do with that information? Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm in a mixture of two kind of things. Yeah. Um, one is I'm really vibing with the the book, The Wisdom of Your Body, that is calling me back to like listen mm-hmm. to my body. Yeah. And to do... It's it to do what it asks of me. So um, it goes against, you know, it really is calling me to do things and pay attention to like intuitive eating, intuitive exercise, intuitive things where I know that I want this and then I talk myself out of it. And then I, I go through this back and forth. And what I'm really looking for is how do I begin to really pay attention to what my body is telling me and say, oh, it makes perfect sense that you're responding this way i haven't eaten in six hours thank you for giving me this message and like i so that's i'm really being called to that because i i think that that would help me respond better to pedagogy of the pressed right when i can what's going on in my body right now as i read this what is that telling me how do i respond to that 
oh, it makes sense that you're you're feeling this way, yeah. right? And it, I, I so I, I'm really feeling called to 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 listen nice. to my body yeah. and to really pay attention. That's that's what I'm feeling called to do. Yeah, it really is one of these things where it's. We take in this information, and then what do you what do you do with it? You know what I mean. And exactly, so when we read right? these things, we read books of learning, and we learn from these authors or these shows, and we do nothing with that information. Mm-hmm. Then, then what was the point of learning it? And so, for us to be able to take something out of the media that we consume is important, and then be able to act on that. I think it's yeah. what we try to do with the show. That doesn't mean you can't consume media for the sake of just like I want to consume something joyful and yeah. I'm gonna let it be absolutely that. But I also want to always push back on people who are like it's just a kid show, don't look so deep into it, or it's just a it's just a movie, don't you look just, so deep into it. You can't separate it from the fact that it is influencing you, right? It it is either influencing you without your awareness, or it is influencing you with your awareness. Yeah. Right. It's constantly the way you respond to those things is is a message of some sort. Right. So, oh, I find this this very problematic movie hilarious. Was the, is there anything inherently wrong with that? Like, no. But you should be asking yourself, why, why is that funny? Why is that funny to you? Yeah. And processing that. Right. Yeah. And so whether it's a kid's show or uh, the hangover or whatever it is supposed to be. Yeah. You are responding to it in real time in your life in front of others. And so that means something like it that. Sure is, does. That means something the way we process art um, yeah. has the power of meeting. And so what we do with what we learn with these things is important. So if you're like, Oh, I really latched onto that moment from that show. Cause it made me feel joyful. How do we replicate those moments in other people's lives outside of that show? Absolutely. Right? So, well, I think just to you know talk about me more for a minute. I, I think this focus on <laughs> we haven't talked about you enough today. So yeah. like, let's talk more about the way uh... you're you're feeling. But I think this intention with my body really focuses in on what you're talking about, right? It's helping me become more aware of my response to these things that I'm consuming, yeah. right? Like when I it goes back to this memory package of when I play those games that I associated with positive things when I was younger, it's not that I need to go and replicate everything that happened in Pokemon. It's that I need to be aware that this is, I'm doing this because my body and my, my, my whole, myself is craving that positive memory and what it felt like to be in that positive place. And what that tells me is like, Oh man, I wonder if there are other, other ways to get that or it like, so that I don't have to, yeah, I go, am, am I go I into shutdown this, mode. Yeah, am I missing this right now elsewhere? Like... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, and again, it's just, you can consume for fun and, and that can be it. And that is perfect. That is awesome. And I think that there's a lot of beauty in paying attention as well. So again, that was my, again, all about me. What about, did you, did you? What are you doing? What are your, what is your takeaway? What's your intention? Yeah, I think it really is. It's I think, you know, I do consume a lot of media. I like doing it. I enjoy the learning that I have from it. I enjoy the the aspect. I enjoy the connection pieces that I get to feel with others to talking about that media um, later or finding that connection of someone, a stranger who also likes what you like. Those things are um, – so I appreciate that. And so I think it is for me it's um, – it is having awareness of what – those things are how they're showing up in my life and the way that I respond to them. But I think what I like to do is, is my goal for each piece of media is to, to take something, one thing tactical out of that, that I can do in my life outside of that. Right. So, um, and if that's just like, Hey, I really enjoyed how this person enjoyed going on a walk in the story. I'm going to go on a walk Yep, and that's it. And like, that's my little piece or it's sometimes it's processing it. Right. Sometimes it is. I'm going to use this as a connection piece with another person um to talk about yeah and that's it and that's it that's all it's like and so i you know i don't think these things have to be hard but it is what is the role that this is playing outside of our lives and just having an awareness of that and i mm-hmm. think that's kind of my my intention i love it yeah all right so yeah for our last thing yeah gratitude sure you've consumed a lot of media yes right so you have to pick one character out of all of the things that you've consumed to be grateful for and i'm gonna do the same oh my goodness and that's that's a big ask there's a lot going on but i would love to hear about 
some character that has has brought something to you that you're grateful for, whether it's um, a main character or a side character in one of the episodes of one of the you know hundreds of things that you've watched, or a, a, a tiny little scribble on a page from a side character in that comic, or uh, I just I want us to to kind of invite that into our our lives. So I ask you, who's a character that you're grateful for? Um, the character I'm going to choose is Janine Teagues from Abbott Elementary. Um, she is played by, uh, Quinta Bronson and she is a bright, bubbly, brand new teacher at this school, um, and is always wanting to make the best for her students. And I appreciate that enthusiasm and that love for supporting others, but she also continues to learn and continues to put herself in a space where she is, um, hoping to learn or allows herself to learn from others. And I really... Um, I marvel at that a little bit. I, I really love the feeling of someone who's able to recognize I when I maybe crossed my own boundaries or I um, didn't have the capacity to do this thing and allows themselves to learn from others and, and be helped by others. And that is something that I think Janine Teeks does in that show very well. And so um, that's my that's my gratitude. Love it. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to return to Heartstopper. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, Nick Nelson and he's portrayed by Kit Connor uh, and is one of the, one of the main characters of the show. And there is just so many horrible ways that Nick could have reacted in the show to so many different in- instances that it's, there's just so much I... I love that he he does like there's just the integrity. There's so much integrity and there's so much uh, doing, there's a lot doing of the integrity right thing. In that character. Right? There's just so much going on that very makes me like sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Know, like very like much stands like, up to bullies yeah, and, and stands up to people that deserve to be stood up to and is like talks to his mom and is like going and like being vulnerable and living in this space that is just really lovely. How in the world they got Olivia Coleman to be in that show is incredible. She is an Oscar-winning actress who is yeah. uh, very talented. And she's and, a super side character. And she, yeah, and she was in the show, and is. I was just like, when I saw her, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. How? But I just, I found Nick to be incredible. What a, what a, what a beautiful personality. So I'm, I'm grateful for. A lot of things that Nick has done for us uh, by by being that character, and grateful for Kit Connor for doing a fabulous job. Um, yeah, being yeah, being Nick, love it. Yeah. Well, y'all, that's our show for today. New Cora content, season three of Cora, coming to you. Some would so say soon. the best season of Cora. Some would say I love season three. I don't know if it's my favorite, but a lot of people say it, it is might, their favorite. It is close. It might be one of my. It might be my favorite season of Korra. After rewatching two, two's very good. Very good. Yeah. So two to those who quote that season as the reason the show is terrible, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also yeah. Yes. But yes, I do think I think season three is the peak of Korra. I think I think it it a little bit of a valley after season three. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think season four is my least favorite season maybe really i just maybe oh. that's recency bias no see i love season four we'll get there there it's are like, aspects of it i think I people love. don't like season four the same reason people don't like book five of harry potter it's because the main character is in the middle of a post-traumatic stress no that's uh, not what bothers me about book five of harry potter um it's to me it's because it's boring no no <laughs> uh, well anyway uh Mm. Order of the Phoenix, uh, very boring. Uh, you're you're wrong. <laughs> the prophecy is In useless. You're wrong. The plot devices don't make sense. Mm. This is not about that. This has been another episode of Bending Not Breaking. The worst version of Serious Black. <laughs> this no. <laughs> what are you? You're now you're just antagonizing me. Yeah. Okay. He's he's laughing now, y'all. Okay. Uh, it's not a good. It's it's. 
We are so excited to dive book. into Korra Season what, 3. Out of the seven uh, books, that's the sixth best book, maybe? And with that in mind, we are grateful for our listeners again. Chamber of Secrets is the worst. Grateful to Noah Blanchard for producing the podcast. Order of the Phoenix. Really grateful to Max Gongaware for being a part of this project for a long time, even though he's no longer with us. I wonder if Goblet of Fire is And I'm is really one. also I grateful to all love... of our patrons. So thank you all. We're grateful for you. But grateful to Phoenix. our listeners. Grateful to everybody who will be a listener. Bottom tier uh, Harry Potter. And we're hoping hopeful that you continue to listen after sunshine interrupted me this entire time i would put the harry potter play over so order with that in mind this has been another episode of bending not cursed child is better than order of this the has Phoenix. been pruitt and this is sunshine mayfield until next time be well and do good thank you for listening Seriously, I think Cursed Child is better than worse. You are so bad. I think it's. I liked Cursed Child as a story itself. You think there are plot holes in Order of the Phoenix, but not the Cursed Child? It's less boring. It is. mm, I can't have this conversation with you. I just. Yeah. All right, goodbye.